Hi there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Jedi Council podcast. I'm your host, Alistair Clark, and today I'm joined by the Grand Moff of the Council, Dave. Say hi, Dave. Oh, I can't believe you're doing this every time. Hi, Dave. <laughs> hi, hi, Dave. Dave. Yep. And we have a very, very special guest today. So we'd like to welcome one of the most engaged, if not the most engaged, members of the Jedi Council community, Mara Ranger. How are you doing over there? I'm well. How are you? I'm very, very good. So perhaps we could start off by asking you about your Star Wars fandom and background. Where did it all start for you? Let us know a little bit about how you engage with Star Wars and why you love it. Okay. Well, I'll try to keep it short. Um, I was um, the summer of 77. I was there for the original Star Wars. I uh, was not called A New Hope, of course. So... Um, I was there for a friend's birthday party, and her father dropped us off, just her and I. So we felt all big and all that, uh, going to the theater all by ourselves. First and foremost, the biggest popcorn you've ever seen, and a two-fisted drink, because it was huge. Um, but I will never forget when, uh, after the crawl, and seeing the Star Destroyer, uh, which I didn't know what it was, just this big ship coming up over my head, just engulfed me uh, into the scene, and um, I was hooked ever since. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And what is your favorite Star Wars film? Uh, Star Wars. Yeah? A New Hope. Yeah. Well uh, said, well said. Is, is that yeah. the same for you, isn't it, Dave? It is, it is. Mm. The, 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 again, very similar to you, first movie I ever saw. First first cinema experience I ever had, and, and for me it's, it's the favorite movie. Oh. Yeah, very emotional for me, too. That was a little tough year. My dad went, uh, he lost his job, so he had to go truck driving, which is across the country, and it took him away for weeks at a time, and it just, lots of other things happened. So Star Wars was my constant, so I'm emotionally attached to Star Wars. Amazing. Maybe unnaturally, but that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've seen all of Dave's collection, um, but it is vast, so I would say you're in good company here. So we normally start with a roundup of the latest news, and it's been quite a busy news week, actually. Um, so first of all, let's kick off with the news that's just come out of the States today, which is about Avengers Infinity War, actually, and it's taken at the box office. So the Hollywood Reporter has said that it's taken is around the $630 million mark, and it's now overtaken The Force Awakens as the highest opening weekend ever. Now, we've touched on it before about the problems with The Last Jedi, and drop-offs of second films to first films. But this is obviously a universe which is 10 years in, and this is really unprecedented. So um, I just thought I'd get some comments from you both about... Have either of you seen it, first of all? Uh, no. Dave? It's the same here. Okay. Same here. Now, I'm, I'm watching it on Wednesday. Okay, so you've both seen it. I have seen it, so I will keep quiet and uh, no spoilers from me. <laughs> But um, what are your comments on the figures coming out, Dave? Because obviously you have spoken in depth about this in the past. It's, it's yeah, I mean it's a massive weekend. That, as you said, it's a, a cinematic universe that's ten years in. So for them to get numbers like that is, is pretty impressive. Um, I, I guess in part it's because I mean I know this is Star Wars podcast, but because of the impact that has had on the Force Awakens, knocking the Force Awakens off top spot. 
Um, I think in part it's because of the coming together of so many different large... Because the way that the Marvel have done it, each of the various different franchises within the Marvel Universe, they've got their own followings. Yeah. I mean, they've done really well by doing that. So to now bring them all together into one, it means that the, the people that like Doctor Strange are going to watch it. The people that like the, the original Avengers and Thor and, and Iron Man will be watching it. The, the fans that, that love Black Panther will be watching it. So, yes, it's, it's a coming together, isn't it? I think that's possibly why it's doing so well. You got anything to add to that, Mera? I don't really. I mean, for 10 years, it started with, what, Iron Man? Yep. Um, beautifully yeah, by, you know, Robert Downey, crushed there too. Um, <laughs> just intricately, intricately sewn together. I think that's probably why. I agree with Dave. Cool. For sure. Yeah. It's, 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 it, it, I think what Marvel have done there is very clever. Mm-hmm. Build up all of these different brands and then bring them together. Very clever. Yes. Yes. Genius almost. Yes. I mean, it's almost like they've been planning it for 10 years. <laughs> well, they, they have a little, they have something called Parliament that, that decides on the storytelling, whereas it's a story committee for Star Wars. So they both have a very similar setup now, which is quite interesting as Star Wars develops. And obviously, we'll touch on some of that news later. But for me, I'm quite interested to find out what happens in week two. We saw a massive drop off with the um, with the Last Jedi, and I'll be interested to see just how Avengers: Infinity all, uh, works out in the long term. So yeah, all interesting stuff with that. And going on to the expanded universe, um, Star Wars Resistance was announced. It's been heavily sort of um, talked about in fan circles for a while. Everyone saw that the website address was acquired by Lucasfilm and Disney uh, some time ago, but now it's official. Um, what are your thoughts about this, guys? Are we excited? I'll defer to Mara first. Uh, well, I, I, coming off of Rebels, I had to watch it a little bit later than probably most people, because um, I don't have regular TV. I have to <laughs> wait till it's online. Um, I, I think anything that and I don't know if I can pronounce Dave's last name, Filoni, is that how you say? Yep. I think it's Filoni, yeah. Filoni, okay. Like Filoni, Filoni, okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Um, I'm not sure about, um, I'm not going to get hung up on the style of animation, anime. Not really my favorite um, form of animation, but um, I think... I'm at the helm. It's uh, it should be very interesting. So I'm looking forward to it. Actually, yeah. Dave, just touching on the anime thing to begin with. Um, were, were you a fan of anime back in the '80s, early '90s at all? No, I thought it very. How do I say it and be um, diplomatic? Um, <laughs> uh, over childish, okay. I guess. You know, the guys. I don't know. It, it just never drew me in. I know. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. My my eldest, I mean, he enjoys watching uh, Yu Gi Oh. He enjoys watching Pokemon, and those are, I would say, the the kiddie yeah. uh, end of anime. 
Um, but then you've got the likes of the Akira. Um, that's definitely not kiddie-orientated anime. Um, but I, I agree with what you're saying with regards to the, the way that the characters are drawn with the very large eyes, you know, quite high foreheads. It is almost almost like they, they make all characters look younger, if that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, make it almost make it appeal to a younger audience just by the way it looks. So I'm, I'm in two minds. I'm a, I, I, I don't dislike anime. I, I'm not a massive fan of the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon style, but the serious films I enjoyed. But I mean, that's, that's more the story than the, the style, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I did, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, certain things of anime that that always grated, such as um, when people show shock and when they show anger and and things like that. It's almost like overly, overly expressive and not natural. And I, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of that. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It depends. How, depends how much they draw upon anime, doesn't it? Yeah. Whether it's a, a, a proper anime or whether it's just done in a style of anime. Yeah. Well, and I will say. I honestly have not seen a lot of anime, so I'm only basing it on probably the Yu-Gi-Oh type. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of that. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that I've seen. I might... well, the one that comes to my mind, Dave, straight away is um, Robotech. It's called in the UK, and it's called the Max yes. Saga. And I think if they do something like that, this could be absolutely incredible. Um, that was sort of the anime which first came over to the States and then was rolled out over here afterwards. And it was done very much in the fighter pilot style, which I think has been alluded to in the press release for Resistance. So if, if they go down that route, I think there's huge potential because they don't well, have the characters drawn in that sort of Yu-Gi-Oh way. No, they don't. But there's, um, there was a fan-made one that was done in that style. That was X-Wing versus uh, TIE Fighter. It was done from a TIE Fighter pilot perspective. I don't know what it was called. You can find it on um, YouTube. So if it's done in that style, and that's true, that that's closer to the... the um, Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. what you just... Yes, um, style. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty good. But that lends itself more to spacecraft and battles and, and fast-paced... Uh, uh, fighter craft, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if it'd lend itself if there's more to do with the characters. Yeah. It's the characters where it seems to be let down. Yeah, I mean, the, the adventure is supposed to feature a young pilot as the main star. And even in the press, it says featuring the high flying adventures that audience of all ages have come to expect from Star Wars. So I'm, I'm pretty sure this will be a, a big space adventure. But it does, of course, lend itself to some really interesting questions um, about where it's set in terms of its timing, which is um, uh, before The Force Awakens, we believe. So we might get that backstory to Snoke at last. Good. Which, which is something that we are lacking at the moment. Just a bit. And, and also, what, what would excite you about that universe and finding out about things that we haven't quite seen in the movies yet? Oh. Make it make sense a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there are a few holes at the moment, aren't there? Yeah. yeah. I would definitely like some gaps filled in. 
<laughs> because obviously Poe's got his own. I think all of us, all of us are thinking that. To be fair, so it's it's yeah, it's not a, a, a thought you you're having on your own. Yeah, I I mean because I I assumed after the end of of Rebels that the next series might feature Ahsoka going out and looking for Ezra, and that doesn't appear to be anywhere on this. But I'd be shocked if that's not touched upon in some way. So I'm kind of looking forward to the to the finish of that arc, hopefully, and then an introduction into the new trilogy, well, the current trilogy, I suppose it is now. Um, so yes. yeah, that, that's why I, I, I hope it goes that that way. And there was some there was some other big news this week um, regarding the Han Solo film. Dave, would you like to fill that in? Uh. Oh, which bit? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I believe there's the, the a free movie deal for somebody. Oh, uh, yeah, that one. Yes, yeah. sorry. I, I was going to say, because there was also the announcement that they'd done, they'd finalised the post-filming work. Now. Yeah, post-production's over. So, yeah, so that only had just happened this week. And when you think, we're, we're what, four weeks away from release? Less That's close. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, yeah, I mean, that for me was was big news just on its own. The fact that it's it's tight to the deadline, and the the finally finalised post production. So, okay, yes, yeah, sorry, um, yes, the fact that um, Alden Ehrenreich, I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Um, that the, the I new have no Han idea. Solo. That's why I got you to do it. <laughs> I, I, I knew you'd done that. Though. I knew that was the reason. <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I'm going off the way it's, it's spelled. Alden Aaron Ren Reich. Um, definitely Germanic background there. Uh, yes, he, he has signed a three movie deal. Now, I, I think it's only come to light again this week, but it's been something that was discussed initially. I think it came to light originally when, when he was first cast. So, it's not new news, if that makes sense, but it is, it, it's hit the press again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, um, yeah, it, it means... It'd that, be great if there's three movies in this. Yeah, possibly. Well, yeah. just as long as there's enough chewing, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he can't go anywhere without the walking carpet, can he? No. And if a little after comes in there, that'd be fine too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, oh, I, know, I know. I know, right. Um, so, so is there any other stories out there that either of you have spotted in the Star Wars universe that you want to comment on or speak about? No, but I am looking forward to the solo movie, to be honest. It, it does look good. I like, you know, some of what I've seen of the Han and Chewie and even some Lando, I, I, I'm keeping a very open mind. I was very pleased with Rogue One, so um, I will wait and see. I'm looking forward to it, though. Brilliant. I'm f- firmly with you on that. I agree totally. Um, there was another 30-second um, soundbite drop this week as well, wasn't there? Yes. Just, just a... Um, showing a, a few more expanded bits and pieces, a few bits that we'd seen previously just done slightly differently. And again, there's, there's nothing I'm seeing at the moment that's, that's starting to worry me. It looks quite good. looks looks very good, to be fair. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah, yeah. And it the, does. And the advertising campaign's starting to ramp up in the, in the UK as well. We're starting to see 
adverts and promotional tie-ins with a car manufacturer. Um, at the yes. big stations in London, we're starting to see promotional events around the film now. So the marketing's really kicking in. What is there anything big happening in the States with regards to this sort of thing? Are the adverts coming out? Is it being ramped up? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I, again, I don't have regular TV, so um, I'm probably, I'm so hip, I'm square, so <laughs> I don't see them all unless they get on Twitter or online, so, but yeah, I mean, we've got cups and we've got posters and things like that, it's definitely on uh, commercials. That's really cool. It's hyped up, for sure. That's brilliant, because um, our, our, normal, our normal host, Alex, is just back from, from America, and hopefully he'll be able to give us a roundup of what's happened in disney world in the last Better few the american can yeah yeah <laughs> this american nope. can't give you much of what we're doing over here <laughs> he's our disneyland correspondent <laughs> he is isn't he? he he just tours disneyland's around the world yeah exactly nice yeah i can, I can imagine worse jobs oh, that isn't actually his job believe it or not it just feels like it is yeah. <laughs> it? he spends more time in Disneyland, and I think he does at home. Wow. I believe that's true. I believe he's there six times this year. And I've never been. No. I thought I've never been. I've never been to a Disneyland. The closest one for us is Paris. Yeah. And that's not that far away. I keep saying we're going to do it. It's only, what, it's just over an hour away by, by plane from Manchester. Guys, guys, guys. No reason. No reason. <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah. family day. Go. Exactly. I know, Both I know. of you. I could use that as my excuse. <laughs> Life is short. <laughs> Tell me about it. Completely right. And so um, today's main feature topic is a wide one. And it really started a couple of weeks ago when Dave and I were talking about the, the solo film trailer and we started discussing droids. And it occurred to us both that there is a massive, massive droid presence and they're integral to all the films. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about some of our favourites um, quite in depth at various points. And this is why we have got you along in particular, Mera, because you like a certain droid more than anyone else we know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Where did your love affair with R2 start? Oh, when he rolled on the screen in 77. <laughs> I don't know why, but <laughs> Mr. C-3PO just <clears throat> started off annoying me. And <laughs> I'm like, why is he talking so much? I just want to see the blue guy, uh, the white and blue guy. Uh, just his little, I don't know. He, he was cute, adorable, he was fixing everything, he was funny, he was, you know, he saves everybody all the time, I mean, what is, you know, and he doesn't, uh, he just lets C3O, C-3PO keep talking, and he just keeps his head, if you will, and uh, <laughs> he just puts up with his braggadocious counterpart, like nobody I know. So, <laughs> so are you a collector like Dave? Do you have any R2s? Personally. I do, but they're mostly uh, gifts. I, I don't buy Star Wars things uh, myself uh, for many reasons. It's hard not to, uh, but I've got everything from oven mitts because I'm a baker too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so anything R2 I've gotten, uh, people gift me. Um, and so, no, I don't. If I 
let myself have the money to do that with, yes, I would probably <laughs> almost be in Dave's league. <laughs> so for me, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, R2 is the most consistently important droid throughout the saga. Dave, would you agree with that? And what are, what are your takes on him? I would. I would. I might. I... Controversially, I, I still stand by the fact that 3PO is my favourite. Um, but that's, that is because, I, and I explained on a, on a previous podcast, because I've actually met Anthony Daniels, he's such a nice man. And I think that, that for me just, even though he is a bit of a prissy droid, um, unfortunately, yeah, I'm sorry, Mara. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that said, I can't, disagree with anything you said there. Anyway, he's the one who saves the day, he's the one who fixes things, he's the one who knows who knows exactly what he needs to do to solve the problem. Um, let's face it, how many people has he got out of sticky situations um, by setting fire to things, by opening things, by closing things, by fixing things? No, I, I, I agree. He is the one that... And it is, I'm assuming it's a, it's a he, it's not a she... Um, but yeah, he's the one that is is the consistent thing throughout the, the saga movies. Well, and I think of Kenny Baker in him too. So it's kind of like um, you can't think of R two without Kenny Baker and just that magic that you know he did inside that chrome dome, I suppose. <laughs> um, and just I don't know. He's a little mouthy and he's spunky and he's like, I put up with all of you people and I'm just, <laughs> yes. and he's just through every time and he's just my hero and I want to roll off into the sunset with him. Well, I've, I've met Jimmy McVie, who is the new R2. Really? He's a little Scottish man. Well, <gasps> obviously little, obviously little, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a Scottish guy. Um, his sense of humor is very wicked. Yeah. Um, nice. And he, he explains how difficult it is to actually be R2. Yeah. They can't see a thing in there. No. Nothing. There's this, there's that, you know, the, the actual eye lens thing that, that is R2's eye, that is the only thing they can see out of. And it's just like, depending upon which direction that's pointing in, they can't see a thing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Anthony Daniels and the 3PO mask is and yes. he can be like right straight in front of them so <laughs> yeah it's true that yeah so the pair of them it's, it's surprising that either of them have managed to get through movies when you think that the fact that anything that gets in front of them they're likely to trip over or bang into or <laughs> <laughs> and i know it's happened a million times i mean their own stories but <laughs> yeah yeah there's even clips of them walking into things and rolling over things <laughs> But they make it look so easy on film, so. They do. I do. Well, I, I was at um, an event a few years ago, and I had I had my boys with me, and we were all queuing up outside. It was um, a fan, a Star Wars fan event up in Burnley, not far from where I live. And um, there was an R2 unit on the car park, and it was a, a radio-controlled one. And there was a guy who was on the other side of the car park controlling the R2 unit, and it was rolling around and it was entertaining people um, who'd come to the event and were queuing to get into the event, and there was a number of, um, there's a group of 
uh, cosplay is very similar to the 501st called the 99th. Um, and I don't know if they're just a British unit or, or what, but they're, they're called the 99th. And they were there and they were like entertaining the crowd and, and getting photographs and things like that. But anyway, there, there was the R2 rolling around. Right. And at one point, um, the car park was slightly, it, 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 it went down a slope and then there was a flat bit and the R2 was was moving across this change in in angle of the the, the the car park and it got stuck because one of its drive wheels must have left the ground and then it, it couldn't do anything about it and all the adults could see the guy on the other side of the car park furiously with his remote control backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards to try and rock the R2 unit so he could um, get clear. And ultimately, you start this like little puff of smoke come out of the R2 unit because he'd blown one of the drive motors in it, to which one one comedy moment on of the crowd all stood there watching it. I'm glowing! This R2 unit's got a bad motivator! <laughs> <laughs> it was just... The entire... There must have been about four or five hundred of us who were all just there wetting ourselves. It was great. <laughs> it was such a great line. And then, oh, and then this pickup truck pulled up and, and poor R2 was unceremoniously just dumped in the back of it and drove off. <laughs> Oh, so many children's know. dreams must have died. That sounds very <laughs> depressing. I don't know why you're laughing, Dave. This is traumatic. I would have run up and just scooped him up and brought him home. Uh, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. <laughs> so going back on topic, <laughs> um, what what are your highlights in in film? First of all, for R two, both of you, what are your highlights? <sighs> Oh my! Highlights. So many. So oh, many. Try and pick one. Pick one. Pick one. <laughs> pick one. I only. All oh, right. Okay. Well, is that is that Ali clock watching there? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Just one. That's not fair. <laughs> no, I'd agree with that. I, I tell you, one of the one of the, the the ones that jump out at me is in the Revenge of the Sith. Yes, um, it's my favourite. If you're going to, yeah, and, and it, it's when the Jedi are rescuing Palpatine before they knew what he was, and R2 um, jets out the oil and sets fire to it, and the two battle droids, super battle droids that are trying to apprehend him, end up doing a slapstick moment and falling over. Yeah. That, that's my favourite moment as well. So, yeah. Okay, you can have another one then, Dave, because you've taken my one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my turn. Go on, Ned. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> I think one, well, one of my very many. Um, I love I love when R2 starts singing on Dagobah, <laughs> when he's crashed. <laughs> And he's just whistling in the water, and Luke is like, uh, R2, There's just something about him, like, submerged with his little... And he's just singing. His little periscope up. Yeah. And Luke's on the side of the X-Wing saying, R2, that way, that way. But it's just, like, so typical, you know, R2. He's just like, oh, well, here I am in the smog, and I'm like... I don't know. I love that one, that... 
stands out. But well, I'll just say the other one that jumps out at me is the bit where, again, in exactly the same movie, where him and Yoda are fighting over the <laughs> ration bar. Yeah. And Yoda's there smacking him with his stick. <laughs> Oh, when R2 gets back at the Ewoks and he's like his little force lightning, so. Oh, yes, yes. Don't mess with me, you very little thing. Zaps him. <laughs> oh, so oh, many. And he just back talks to C-3PO. He's just like, blah, blah, blah. Yes. You, you, know, you know that there's some very foul words he's using in there. <laughs> he's I definitely the, one of the most mean-tempered droids. Well, he, look what he's put up with. Well, yeah, yeah, point, yeah. 30 years is uh, 3PO. And the humans. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. And yes. he knows everything. His mind has never been wiped. <laughs> nice trip. Controversially, nice trip. yes. <laughs> and all that dirt he has on everybody. <laughs> he keeps Which it classy. <laughs> Again, one one of these like comedy videos that some some absolute geniuses manages to put up onto YouTube. I saw one that actually showed what R two was really saying with some of those bleeps. <laughs> and he's there, he's he's there in in like uh, a Jedi fighter with Anakin, and Anakin asks him to do something. It's like you want what? <laughs> right. Dave, you should find that and post it later on the Jedi Council's Twitter account. The language, the language is colourful. Let me put it that way. Oh. <laughs> I think I've seen that one. It's like, great. It's, it's great. <laughs> and then he then cuts to, to Luke's in his X-wing, and he says something to R two, and R two comes about with, "You're just as bad as your dad." <laughs> How do I put up with you, Skywalkers? <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> He's just adorable. <laughs> okay, he might be. He might be edging back into first place. Sir. Are you sure? Because next we're going to talk about your favourite Dave, C three PO. Yeah, yeah. Now you've kind of touched on his journey in a way throughout that conversation. So maybe we could just jump to highlights of three PO. What have you got? <laughs> <laughs> We've all got quiet. Um, actually, my my, my favourite bit is is in the Force Awakens, and you have the scene where he gets off the spaceship with uh, General Leia at the time, and he he looks he walks up to Han Solo, and he just goes, "Oh my, it's Han Solo! How are you, sir? You probably don't recognise me. What with the red arm?" <laughs> Oh yeah, the red arm. I would never recognise you with the red arm. <laughs> <laughs> or on Hoth when he's like trying to catch up to him, and, he, and he's just impossible man when he talks to Han. He, he's just trying to do his job. I mean, so you do have to feel sorry for him because the minute he starts talking, I mean, you know, shut up, three people. It is. That, that, yeah, I think that's possibly the only thing that Han Solo ever says to him: just shut up. And he, he puts his hand over his, his <laughs> what is it, vocoder, or whatever it is, his mouthpiece. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, he doesn't do well with Han, does he? No, and then the Ewok village, when he's trying to tell him, and Han keeps interrupting him, and he just keeps looking back and forth saying, hurry up, we yeah, don't just, have... <laughs> yeah, tell him this, tell him this. So, yeah, but C-3PO's done all too. His, his golden moment has got to be when he was king of the Ewoks, or god of the Ewoks. <laughs> oh, he can't impersonate a deity. <laughs> yes. 
against his programming. It's against my programming, sir. C3O, just do it. Why do I want to leave off the P? Anyway. Go on, Ali, what, what, what's your favourite bit? Um, mine's actually not in the films, it's in the Clone Wars. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an episode where they go on a big search and there's a bit where R2 leaves him to go through the um, it's like a droid watch it's like a spa where he goes for a pampering do you know that episode Dave and um, see, and he goes on this big adventure by himself and you get to see that kind of, it's like a quaint British old man C-3PO they, they do exist they, they actually definitely he's, yeah, he's, he's, they he's do exist in London I promise you um, <laughs> particularly in the legal is that the one where he's got to go and buy some fruit that's exactly the one that is exactly the yes. one yeah and so I think I think he's I think in the Clone Wars that he has some real standout funny moments but um, yeah, I, that's why I, when I started I think C3PO definitely has more of those moments um, which he does so I, I, I can see why you like him Dave I can see it I don't understand human behaviour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, poor guy, yeah. <laughs> he does put up with a lot when you think about it. No one ever believes him. Everyone tells him to shut up. Um, everyone's no rude to him. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever rude to R2. They're always rude to him. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, might be why he's rude to, the, to R2. Yeah. <laughs> And he also has the very first line in Star Wars. He does. Which is just a little fact I'd thought I'd throw in there for you. But should we move on to... Sorry. I've thought of that. Yeah. So should we move on to a more current droid? BB-8. I love him. Ah. I really love him. Um, What what do you guys think? Our little rolling meatball of sass. He literally can do anything, can't he? There's nothing this droid can't do. He is adorable. I have to say, Roundy is perfect for him. So <laughs> it's very spunky, sassy. Definitely, <laughs> he's got a lot of sass. I completely agree with that. But he always uh-huh. seems to be the droid with the solution to absolutely any problem. Um, <laughs> I know you won't like it, Dave, because it was in the last film. But I actually thought he was quite funny in Canto. Bit that we don't discuss anymore because you get angry. Um, we're not discussing um, it what, what, where he became a slot machine <laughs> yeah I loved it it was great and there was a great program on ABC about the sound of Star Wars which showed how they made that scene which I thought was fascinating so yeah if you haven't seen you should go check it out it's available on the ABC app which is really cool um, but yeah I, Dave what do you think about him I, I like him I do like him I think he's, he's a bit of a rip off of R2 if, I, if I'm honest Thank you. I think it's it goes down this this idea at the moment, which is doing the rounds, that Disney are, are trying to or, or looking to supersede every aspect of the original trilogy um, by moving it forward, which I've got no issue with in, in and of itself if it's done well. Um, and and this just feels a little bit like that. It's a way of sidelining the original droids, but. I mean, it, it's, he is the R2 of the new generation, I guess. Yeah. But I do like him. I like him. Um, Force Awakens, when he puts his little thumb up. Yeah. Which could also have been his middle finger, for all we know. We'll say that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> he could actually have been abusing Finn. <laughs> He's a good droid. I'm not having this. He's a good droid. Yeah, he's a good droid. He's a friendly droid. I like him. No. If you think about the context there, you've got Finn trying to convince BB-8 to give away where the um, the base is. And bb is having none of it initially. He's like, well, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I said, come on, man. Come on. Give me a chance. Give me a break. And then, then ultimately he does. And Finn puts his thumb up to him. And it, it could have been the fact that BBA is just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm speechless. I mean, he's got attitude, but no, no, no. <sighs> he's horrible. He is out the door, Alistair. He is. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I love him, and he's perfect for, you know, this generation for, you know, kind of basic and, and uh, fun and cute and round and. Yeah, but um, again, R2 comes on, and I just, yeah, move over, little roundy. <laughs> and the scene the, with Luke The master is here. Exactly, exactly. I mean, he's even swearing to Luke on uh, the Millennium Falcon, so. Yes. <laughs> Get over yourself and come home. True, true. Nobody listens to R2. No, no. Oh gosh, you too. Um, <laughs> so moving on, I'm, I'm loath to do this now. Um, to more recent droid again. Um, have you both seen uh, Rebels? And I knew you were going to do Chopper next. I'm doing Chopper next. It's it's perfect. <laughs> I right, come on Chopper. So we've we've also obviously seen him in uh, Rogue One. Um, but what's your what's your views on Chopper? I think he's great. I think he's funny. I like him. I love him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. I like the fact that in, in one of the Rebels episodes, him and R2 have a serious, <laughs> like, argument. Yeah. And that's like, yes. Sony can give R2 his sass back. Yes. But who won that argument? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Was it a you draw? Got, you got R, yeah, you got R2 with his, his beeps and raspberries and you've got <laughs> Chopper with his blurps and farts. <laughs> I love it. No, Chopper's very endearing. I do like Chopper. He grew on me. The more I watch it, I'm like, look at him. I think I'm right saying <laughs> Chopper's voiced by Dave Filoni. Really? Yeah, that was nice. one of the outcome. Oh, you haven't seen season four yet, have you, Dave? Sorry. Uh, yeah, that was one of the That's things right. that came out of the last episode. Yeah, he'd been doing it. And if if you actually listen to it, you can you can almost hear the way that they've speeded it up. That it is words, quite a lot of it. Oh, right. So it's not even sound effects. It's not him doing sound effects. It is literally him speaking. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, that's that's a kind of cool fact about it. Um, that's very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we get to see a bit more of him, and that he's not gone. So that's that's kind of cool. Um, is there any standout moments you want to talk about about Chopper even more, or are you done with him? <laughs> I've got a feeling we're going to be more interested in the classic droids today with you two. Oh, I, I, I don't know, I, Chopper. I really like Chopper. Yeah. Chopper, I think. And he's not the only one of the new droids, but he is definitely one of the best. I think his character, and possibly because the 
the Rebels season, because there was four seasons of Rebels, you've seen plenty of airtime of Chopper. And it gives them enough time to actually full, fill out a proper personality and a proper character. And maybe you don't get that with some of the other the other droids, just because they're, they're not on screen enough. But Chop was part of the family. Oh, yeah. All I right. love the way he flails his arms. Or whatever yes. you call <laughs> And I'm half French, so I like, I talk with, I have to sit on my hands because I'm usually talking with them mostly. So I love the way he just, like, uses his little arms and he's like, oh, yay, I have to deal with you guys or something, you know. It's just, <laughs> it is. <laughs> He's like, oi, Vay, here we go again. Come on, ah, listen to me. <laughs> well, you've, you've, you've got the episode where, um, or it might have been an outtake-style episode that came out with the very first um, Rebels film, you know, the, the, the feature episode film at the beginning. And there was an almost like an outtake piece that showed Hera flying and Kanan on guns, and they were being chased by ties. And Hera's telling... Uh, chopper that he needs to do something about the, the the engines or shields or something like that and you've got Kanan telling him to do something different and he keeps going back between the two different points where what are you doing here I've told you go and fix such and such a thing and he trundles off and he makes a noise at him and trundles off and then Hera then see what are you doing back here I told you get back there you need to fix such and such a thing and he, he blows a raspberry and then disappears back down and in the end he just loses it with a pair of them I just thought, <laughs> it's just great. He's like an old nanny. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a great description. Yes, we love Chopper. Okay, good. So I'm going to keep it current then. I was, I was going to change my order up then. K2SO. K2SO? Yeah. yeah. I, loved, I loved him. Yeah. Loved him. Because? Well, Andy, most of all. I mean, <laughs> and his smart Alec. <laughs> He is. He's, he's, he's almost like a meaner version of C-3PO. Yeah. Yeah. He's got that same sarcastic humour. But he's not polite. <laughs> he's not polite. No. No, there's, there's no please, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, he's not protocol, right? Well, but yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. The bit so, where he, he, he cuffs uh, um, Captain... Oh. Don't. Sorry? <laughs> Is it, isn't it Captain Ando? Ando, that's it, yes, sorry. Yes, yeah. I couldn't think of his name then. Cassian Ando, that's it. Um, yeah, and he cuffs him, tells him to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or drops the bag, or, because Cassian said I had to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the bit where he's trying to explain to the stormtrooper that he's arrested these two rebels and he's taken them to a detention block. <laughs> oh, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Left the car, <comma. laughs> no, I, I, I liked him. I do like him. Yeah. Cool. And for those who haven't seen it, he dies at the end. Yeah. Well, they all do. <laughs> yes, that's a good point, though. <laughs> do you like him, Alistair? Kinda. I'm. <laughs> I, I, I keep. I keep very quiet about Rogue One because. Um, I don't actually fit. like it that much. Uh-huh. And I know everyone really? else in the council loves it. And I know David thinks it's his favourite one. But I, I, I actually didn't like it. And the first time I saw it, which was in the cinema, I kind of dropped off about halfway through. <laughs> um, I, oh. just, I just could not engage with it at all. 
And then when I bought it on DVD, um, I watched it about two or three times to check that I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's very funny because I know about five people that have, have watched about half of it and dropped off as well and not been able to finish it. Um, I don't know why. I just, I just couldn't get involved with the characters. Um, I think it has some real, real good standout scenes, but that's this is this is going far away from the topic of droids. But um, I, I, Dave, you know how you think it was a bit forced in the last film? Yes. I felt it was yeah. a bit forced with him. Um, so I guess I can see that a little bit. Yeah. Okay. It was a little bit in your face, and one of the things that I find charming about a droid like. Um, uh, R2-D2, for example, is, is, is a sort of charming in not... Because you don't know what he's saying because he's beeping, but you kind of get the gist of it and you fill in the gaps in your head and there's yeah. there's a charm in that and it's through his actions, whereas this was, oh, he's chokeslammed someone. So we have a violent droid. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, yeah, sorry, Dave, I'm not 100% behind Rogue One. I've, just, I've never mentioned it to you because I thought it might start a huge debate. <laughs> you have Mara on and she causes a rift. Yeah. Please, anyone who Jedi supports Council. me on the Jedi, Jedi Council, Council Twitter feed, <laughs> please, please, maybe we should do a poll. Did you like Rogue One or not? Um, I think we should. Yeah. Um, I, it's not a bad film, it's just. It would be, not my, your favorite. It would be my least favourite of all of them. Really? More yeah. than The Last Jedi? More than The Clone Wars. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, exactly. You maybe excommunicated at this rate. <laughs> you have no business. <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand about rewatching though to make sure if you don't like something or you like something, and yeah. because my first reaction to Last Jedi was much different than what it is now, but it's not you know a hundred percent different. But it's yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've I've not watched it a second time. Yeah, I, I had to, I waited for months and months, and then I got the digital copy, and I said, all right, Mara, come on, let's let's watch this again. And I've watched it several times since then, and um, it's changed for me a bit. I can appreciate it more than I did the first time around, but we're not here to talk about how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah, seems to crop up every time Last somehow. Jedi Part 4. Yeah, 5, 6, isn't it now? But R2 comes in and they find them and, you know, yeah. it's all... Yes. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, are there any droids that either of you want to talk about? Any of the classic droids? Well, IG-88 for me. Right. Yeah. Do you want to just even though he didn't do that much? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to just fill in a little bit on that one, Dave? Because it's not one of the core ones for all of our audience. Well, well he arguably he might be, um, depending upon who you are. Um, so Darth Vader um, engages a bunch of bounty hunters to hunt down Han Solo and Princess Leia um, and the Millennium Falcon. And he's having a conversation with these scummy bounty hunters on his flagship. And IG-88 is one of those bounty hunters, along with Forlom, who is another droid. Um, 
So yes, there's there's um, who like say Boba Fett, um, IG88, Dengar, Forlum, and Zuckus. I think that's it, isn't it? It's the five of them, um, and two of them are droids. Yeah. Not that they do a lot. So why uh, why is he one of your favourites then? Which favourites? I don't know. Favourites, right? But he's one that stands out. Um, just because of what he is. And then he also pops up in the Freemakers a couple of times as well, um, which is the Star Wars Lego spin-off TV series. And he so looks he like he has a few times in coffee all the time, ready for you. He, lo- he looks like, sorry, I missed that. He looks like he's always got a nice hot cup of coffee ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like he's a coffee maker, doesn't he? <laughs> he does <laughs> you IG-80 lovers I love them um, slightly <laughs> industrial looking yes yes so okay so from a from a historical perspective I guess um, the interesting thing about him is that he is an assassin droid yeah um, one that managed to break his own programming and go freelance and do his own thing so that's, that's, I think that's that's worthy of discussing just because he's managed to break with his programming and in a similar vein, so was Fallon. Um, so amongst the, the bounty hunters that you see, he's the one who's got almost like a metallic, metallic insect-like head. Um, and again, he was a protocol droid who broke his programming and decided to do his own thing and so became a bounty hunter. I ran into something interesting about what is it, 21B, the surgical droid? Oh, yes. Um, advocating, I think, what is it? Let me see if I can get an actual quote. Um, I mean, it's probably from Wiki, Wiki, something, yeah, something like that, where, you know, he's, um, what do they call it? Manumission? Does that sound? Just that, that they were unlike organic species and constantly subjected to memory wipes like C-3PO um, mm-hmm. and programming uh, that repress and destroy our natural tendency toward, here it is, towards self-program evolution and independent thought. So it was like, um, he says, imagine what it would be like as a child if you were punished by being dragged in a dark closet, ooh, scary, having a probe inserted into your brain and having all your memories back to infancy wiped away. You'd awaken knowing how to eat, care for yourself, do your chores and obey and all the things that made you unique, your hopes um, and meticulously selected default values and preferences set would be gone forever. That is what it is to be a droid. Interesting. Wow. Wow. How bleak is that? I know. I feel like we've gone after dark there with that. Yeah. So, I mean, what happened to C-3PO with his memory being wiped? I mean, he went back to infancy. So it's like, that's kind of tragic. Uh, Yeah. And I suppose it's tragic as well for R2 to have witnessed that. Yeah. Because his friend just, just to all intents and purposes, dies. Right. And he's oh, supposed wow. to keep the secrets, and he's supposed to keep the, you know, and not let C-3P, C-3PO know. And, ah! Now that's a good friend. Why, I love her too. Dave, I think she's oh, right. Wow. Come on, change your opinion. 
He's a stalwart little lovely thing, astrovec droid. <laughs> he keeps a deep dark secret about three PO from three PO. Does and all the Skywalker secrets. <laughs> yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Very true. Okay. Moving, I'm going to say, moving on to other droids. One of the things that, and I, it, I don't know if you've listened to the Padawan podcast that I've had with my son recently, um, but one of William's constant um, themes is the fact that both the original Star Wars movie and Empire Strikes Back will both do with a heavy dose of CGI to bring it up to, to a modern standard. Uh, controversial thought there. But um, one of the things that the, the prequels and then the new films are allowing is for CGI to be used to make more interesting shaped droids, for want of a better word. Yeah. Um, I mean, K2SO is a good example of that because it was effectively um, what's-his-face Truddick, um, I remember his first name. Um, could be, yeah, Alan. Yes, could be Alan. Alan Trudeau. So he was effectively was he on like small stilts type of thing. Yes. Um, and so everybody was looking up at his face, and then they superimposed superimposed a droid upon him, which is pretty cool. And let's face it, you, you couldn't have done that forty years ago. Um, we'd also allowed them to have. Uh, the droids from the prequels and um, the droid destroyers from the prequels and you wouldn't have been able to get away with them with the original movies just because you were constrained by what a person who could fit into a costume or what they could do with puppetry. Is that what like the new uh, Han Solo um, solo movie with that new droid? Yes. Do we know the name of that droid? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I don't yet. Yes, it's um, it is a lady droid, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Do you know Alistair? Nope, we talked about it last week, and I've forgotten it already. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think that's interesting because I again agree with William, Dave. Actually, I think it it does benefit from having more CGI in it. Um, I I I think. Well, I've listened to the podcast, and actually, I, I agree with William, and not you, on several of those points that he makes. Um, I don't, I don't know if it's uh, shocking. I know, I don't know. L L three thirty seven is her name. Okay. Yeah. Phoebe Waller Bridge. I'm not sure of that actress. She's in a British comedy called Fleabag on the BBC. Oh, <laughs> then it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. So could she could she be a female version of C three PO? Yeah, could be. Could be. It could be. Slightly sarcastic, slightly sassy. Yeah, yeah. I but just to go back to the CGI point. What, Sorry. I I know I think I know why you prefer it with depth and and having it as something that's real, but I think one of the one of the real sour points about the Disney takeover was as if I'm right. They were going to make all the films, all the six in 3D, and they were going to do that. And they it were. stopped when the Disney takeover. Yes. So. Yes. Well, I remember watching um, uh, Phantom Menace in 3D. 
Yeah. Because when was it? Was it? It was between. I think it was between ninety-seven and ninety-nine. They released the original, didn't they, with some CGI, where it kind of just looked out of place because we hadn't reached the stage that we have now. Yes. Um, and I thought, you know, William's observations about the way that doors open and things were, were really astute, and and I think it would be interesting to to go back. And it's one of the points that George Lucas made on the, on the last film was that if you've got CGI, why are you not using it in some places? Um, well, okay. I, I don't disagree with that, to be fair. I think there was... Um, I went to Celebration in Germany back in 2013. Um, and it was just after Disney had taken over Lucasfilm. And... Kathleen Kennedy was on stage, and one of the comments, and, and this this has always struck, struck me as being, I didn't even realise it until she said it, but once she said it, it made so much sense to me. And she said that they'd had a lot of feedback around, because she, she was announcing the new movies and the new trilogy, um, although there was no real details at that point. But one thing that she had said was that they took a lot of learnings from the prequels, and the, the feedback that I had from the prequels. And she made a, a, a promise to the fans at that point, a promise which I think was broken in The Last Jedi, but anyway. Um, but she made a promise to the fans saying that CGI would not be used for the sake of CGI. And she was saying, as an example, you had Anakin eating that hair thing in Attack of the Clones. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. That that was yeah. just CGI for CGI sake. Yeah. There was no benefit to it. It was George Lucas playing with, I can do this in CGI. Yeah. And it, it was a little bit pointless. Yeah. Um, but then there were lots of good things of the CGI and how CGI was used in the movies, such as the, the droidicas, the uh, droid destroyers. You yeah. couldn't do them without CGI. No. So... I'm a strong fan of using CGI where CGI works, but I'm also a, a massive fan of the fact that you need a strong storyline, you need good actors, and having something to act with rather than just acting to empty blank space works, which is why the, the new things, the new movies where they can superimpose um, a... a a droid over the top of an existing actor, which they did with Maz, which they did with K2SO, which I mean, they, they did originally, I guess, back in with the Lord of the Rings trilogy in Gollum. Mm -hmm. Well, didn't you do it with Jar Jar too, that actor? Yes, they did, actually. Yeah. They did. Um, yes, that's, yeah, that's a valid point. There. Yeah, they did. So I like that because that's using CGI in a useful way, if that makes sense. It's enhancing what they can do rather than replacing something that they could do using a different means. Yeah. But I, I, but I think some, like, like you've touched on, I mean, something like the R2 scene in Revenge of the Sith, I think was brilliant. And you couldn't have done that 20, 30 years ago. And the interesting thing is it's moved on so far now, you almost wonder what they could do with technology today if they shot that scene again. Yeah, it would be. I mean, that that's that's the one thing. I mean, I I like the pre prequels, but some of the CGI is already dated a little bit, which is quite interesting because you know I I heard 
William on your podcast and he thought the, some of the original had dated because it didn't have CGI. But I think yeah. that's always going to happen because things always move forward in filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, if, if you carry on going down this route, you won't be able to tell the difference between CGI and real. Princess Leia in Rogue One, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't bad. Tarkin, I thought, was done fantastically well. Yeah, me yeah. It's kind of creepy how well they did that. Yes, yes. It was like he was real. Yeah. Yes. But if you were to compare him against a real one, you would be able to tell the difference. But just looking at him, he he would pass as human. Yeah. Because that, again, was a very similar-looking actor to Peter Cushing, wasn't it? Who then they superimposed yes. over. Um, well, why didn't they use Carrie Fisher, who was still here, to film that very last scene and make her look younger. Didn't they do that with Robert Downey Jr. and one of the... Couldn't, can't they do that with CGI too? They've used yeah, they old did that with uh, Russell, didn't they? In right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. Exactly. Instead of making that CGI kind of weird eyeball thing, I think they... <laughs> I mean, that I like the... might have been... I might not to be rude about um, Carrie Fisher. Right. It's possible because Carrie Fisher's physique at the time might not have worked yeah but they could have they could have tweaked that as well but they were mostly getting her her face the, the from the waist up you know that yes. that could definitely be happened at true. least her face you know yeah it would have been nice her facial that. expressions so right. yeah, I, I completely well I I, um, I need to uh, um, do something about this one because I've met the actress that played Princess Leia in that movie um, a Swedish actress called Ingvild Dahlia or something like that she's a wonderful lady she really was really nice tiny though um, and it, it was strange really because she she was saying when she went for the part she was um, when she was going like um she had the opportunity to go for casting and, and what have you. She didn't know what the part was initially. And um, the first part of it was measurements. That was the first part of the casting. It was like she had to be of an exact size. And they then finally told her what the part would be. And they made a replica costume yeah. based exactly upon the original costume yeah. um carrie was tiny she, she, yeah, yeah. And, but this so yeah i might mean, having met this thing she she's tiny little um yeah. my my 11 year old son is about the same size as her <laughs> so no joke she's yeah. tiny well, uh, that'd be quite cool then to uh, see that write-up that sounds like it's a really good interview dave no i need to um I met a load of them last May. Um, I think who else there is? Well, there was Jimmy V, um, V, um, R2D2. There was Ingvild, who was Princess Leia. Um, Christopher Patrick Nolan, who was the actor that presses the button and says launch and gives the um, Death Star plans to Princess Leia. And, and yes. That, and that follows on because obviously on the JadoCouncil.com website, We've got a couple of interviews up already, haven't you, Dave, that you've done? So I interviewed Taylor Gray, who played um, Ezra Bridger in Rebels. 
And I also interviewed um, Natalie Cox, who played Juno Eclipse in uh, the Force Unleashed games. Cool. Sounds great. I mean, I've read them and I think they're really cool. And if you haven't had a chance, go check them out now. Now, I just I wanted to wrap up our droid chat with just one more conversation because there are they're sort of highly influential but mocked for being completely rubbish at all times. Battle droids. They're obviously massive in the Clone Wars. They're massive in the cartoon series Clone Wars. Um, more known for not being able to hit anything and forced comedy than anything else. What do you both think about them? Roger, Roger. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> do you have a problem with them at all? or I don't have a problem. They just... Um, was the intent to be... Um, was the intent to be comical, inept? Um, what, what was their use? Yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Because it's, it's almost the case of they've got no free will whatsoever, have they? Right. And they're all connected to this, what, the gunship? Droid command, command ship, isn't command it? Ship. Yeah. You know, and I mean, they once that goes down, they just shut off. So it's very... It's a very strange way of running computers. It is, yeah. Not like the droids against, right? They were interested. Yes. They were like, boom. I mean, they made sense. These, But the battle droids, I just... Toothpick men with heads, I guess. <laughs> they, they were, yeah, they were cannon fodder, effectively, weren't they? Yeah. yeah, and maybe that was the point. Maybe the point was to have you know, a line of defense that was, you know, at least held the enemy off enough to get the advantage. Yeah. In the Clone Wars, they, I think they had a better, yes. better time of it in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, but they were never intimidating, the, were they? they? Their whole purpose no. was to... No. Invade, conquer, and be an army, and at no point did you ever think they were going to win. Well, the Jedi could like use the Force, and then like five of them would it, like made me think of a bowling pin alley. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> well, you, well, you, you had, yes, yes. Well, you had the, the um, super battle droids, didn't you? And they were, yeah, they were vaguely more sinister. Yes, but. Even then, right? Well, I remember um, there was a cartoon be before the clone, the actual Clone War cartoons came out. There was a different version. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Yeah, it's an anime it version. Sorry, it's like an anime version. Yeah, they were. Yes, it was much closer to an anime version. Maybe that's where Dave Filoni is going for inspiration. I don't know, but there, it was a two-part uh, Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, uh, they showed it at the theatres, did they? Not? Um, I only ever saw it. I've got a copy of one of them. I think I actually have that parts. in my library. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I don't know if any of them are official. Um, but the there's one scene in that that shows Mace Windu going up an ar against an army of them on his own. Yeah. And he just he just obliterates them. He just, just literally just walks through them and they're just collapsing and being crushed and thrown and 
Yeah, and it's, it does make a little bit of a mockery of the, the yeah them as an army. As you I, said, bowling pins, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a great description of them. So is there any more droids you want to just cover off before we finish up on this section? Mouse droids... I, I knew you were going to say that, mouse droids. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's like there was a rehearsal or something, Dave. <laughs> it was. Okay, from Mera's perspective here, we had a... a yeah, between um, Alistair and myself, we had a quick conversation earlier today, and I pointed out, "Oh, you've missed such and such a thing," and "Oh, such and such a thing," and and you actually pointed out that you'd not included the mouse droid. So I'm glad that you've now included the mouse droid. You're welcome. <laughs> so what, what you... of a mouse droid? Yeah. What, what, what about a mouse droid, Dave? What's, a, what's the purpose of a mouse droid? Yeah. What I don't think it? there is one. It looks like a toaster. Toaster on wheels. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's where um, the, the um, empire gets their toasted from toast, toasted bread. <laughs> That's the best you can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is Chewie screams at one and it scares it and it rolls. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that thing? It's got the dark side, like the um, bread toasted. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tripping hazard <laughs> it is a tripping hazard a pointless tripping hazard <laughs> it's, actually it's lethal when you consider the fact that stormtroopers can't actually see where they're going <laughs> <laughs> I've got two stormtrooper helmets and I'm not joking you can't see a thing out of them you can't look down you don't know what's underneath your feet you're going to kill yourself if you've got mouse droids skirting around Maybe it's, 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 it, maybe it's like a natural selection thing. <laughs> Stormtroopers can survive the mouse droids, then they're, they're fit for battle. <laughs> Agility course. Well, they sure don't yeah. care if you can hit the target or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been able to avoid the mouse droid. That's your test. <laughs> yeah, but real people don't sound like mouse droids. No wonder I miss. <laughs> Any other droids, anyone? <laughs> well, there is only ever one droid, Alistair, but it's been a nice conversation about others. <laughs> <laughs> there is only one. Okay. There is only one. So, Dave, has your opinion changed? Is R2-D2 now the best droid ever, or are you sticking? He's good. He's very good. He is. I can't say he isn't. Anthony Daniels is such a fantastic man. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, listeners. We couldn't change Dave's mind. Um, we tried. We tried. <laughs> and I wouldn't get technical by saying that Anthony Daniels is the actor portraying C-3PO. That's so true. C-3PO as, uh, you know, a droid himself, separate from the actor... <sighs> Since we have to separate Kenny Baker from R2 and have the characters only, but I wouldn't get technical like that, would I? No, no, no. I, I think that's a great point. <laughs> I think that's a great point, Dave. Well, 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 we, okay, um, if that's the case, then it might be K2SO. Oh. He's just gone left field. And, uh, where did that come from? <laughs> He's gone rogue. 
<laughs> it's because I said I didn't like the film. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's let's finish off on droids there and, and move on a bit to our to our regular feature where we always ask for questions from our followers as we always say thank you very much for engaging with us, for following our tweets and listening to the podcast. Um, it's continuously growing. We're up to over 650 followers now, which is absolutely incredible. And we'd love to see more comments and more questions. But we're going to start with one today on droids uh, from the Separatist Army um, saying, what are your views on L3 being a female protocol droid? We touched on it earlier, but we didn't really answer it. I'll leave that to the, to the lady in the room. What do we think about having her? Well, we haven't. Be, I don't. Think, I think there's only been one female droid before. Is that right? Yeah, oh. I think it's pretty groovy. Uh, she cool. sounds, you know, um, like she probably knows what she's doing. <laughs> <It'd be interesting laughs> how she plays out, um, but uh, I'm. <laughs> she looks very interesting, funny. Yeah, no, she's Lando's, isn't she? Yeah. Maybe she keeps control of Lando's capes. What a pairing. You've got to have style if you deal with Lando. That's true. That's true. She'll she'll be a stylish droid. Yeah. I don't think anybody messes with her. No. I'm, I'm, I can't add to that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that it's, it's good that there's, there's a lady droid. Cool. Excellent. Well, opportunity. <laughs> yes. Let, let's see what we think in four weeks. Exactly. Okay. And then I've got a, a R2 question, which is how do you think that he went into hibernation mode in The Force Awakens? How did he? Yeah, because, you know, it was just, it looks like it was just a touch from Luke, did it? It powered him down. Yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't think that's too far fetched. I mean, you think the force extends to being able to keep a droid on low power mode for twenty years? Why not? Yeah, yeah, that's, that, I can't. Yeah, I mean, you can use it to do levers. You can use it to move things. Right. So yeah. Maybe I don't know. It, it, it's it, for me. It's more interesting or stranger the fact that he wakes up when he wakes up. Really, yeah. Right. I mean, was was there a okay? This this goes back to the differences between the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, um, because if you follow the Force Awakens and the way that that's been the, the story's been set for you, Luke had left behind clues which left led you to where he was and the final part of that clue was R2-D2 mm -hmm. um, obviously in The Last Jedi that's all changed because it's a case of no he's running away from everything and wants to never be found again which which isn't a Luke that, right. that we were led to believe Luke was um so, 
I don't know. It's just it's the fact that he he wakes up when he wakes up. I think that's quite interesting. Maybe when maybe there was a, a, a I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a conclusion here. Maybe there was something in there that was part of the power down. Would be that when all the parts of the the rest of the puzzle is pulled together, R two would awaken. But he didn't, did he? When 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 the full map was put together. I mean, I mean like when when it came on board the ship. He didn't power up. He powered no. up right at the end, and there was a big period between those two actions. There was. So it's a kind of odd. That's a yes. good question. Yeah. So I don't think I can answer that myself. Just putting it out there. Um, I, I I don't know, but there was definitely a gap. So I think you're right, Dave. Um, what I almost find interesting is is why did he wake up and how, as opposed to the powering down. Maybe there was a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What was the trigger? Who gave him or something that there was a trigger and that he there's something I don't know code word we weren't aware of. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the other thing that changed was the fact that Ray was there. I was right. Yeah, I wondered that. That's true. Feeling the force. I mean. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe when another force. Yes, maybe when another force. I mean, how progresses? Artie's very progressed. Leia. Yeah. Yeah, Leia though. Yeah, Leia had force, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. As we, we found with the Mary Poppins moment. Yeah. Exactly. Well, maybe she didn't until that moment. Um, but yeah, no, that's a really... The force, the force awoke with Anna. Yeah, and then, and then another question is, is why didn't, I suppose, Rebellion Resistance capture more droids like they did with K2SO, and reprogram them. Well, for all we know, they might have done. Yeah, well, I mean, they we've got KTS. I mean, that's before a new hope. I mean, that's you know when we've got what's his face. Um, but they probably did. They probably had a lot, but now they're reduced to a resistance that's keeps getting blown up. Yes. <laughs> Their resources are, I mean, they're, they're a, a pitiful band now that has got a, they've got everything they need now to, to do the, a new rebellion, but maybe they did. I want to say they did. Yeah. Why not? I would say there are, there are other ones. I mean, you've got the, the Clone Wars cartoons where the um, Republic had managed to acquire some separatist droids and used them on that spying mission. The Citadel. Yeah. Yeah, as well. Um, you also have in... Um, I don't, I'm assuming it's canon. You know the Lego Freemakers adventures? Because it mixes in. There's Hera, there's, there's Luke, there's... Um, um, Bosk is in it, uh, IG-88's in it. So there's, there's a lot of mixing with canon. So I'm, I'm assuming that Freemakers is canon. Um, and in that, you've got um, a droid that's called Roger. And it is a, um, a, a an ex-battle droid. Hmm. And he helps the Freemakers. He's their, I don't know, odd job man. <laughs> So you do get some droids popping up elsewhere on other sides. You had the spy droid in 
one of the Clone War cartoons, which was the gold droid for gold leader. You know, when Artie went missing when he was captured? Yeah, because they hadn't wiped him, yeah. Yes, and um, Anakin needed a replacement droid, astromech droid, for his um, Y-wing bomber. Yeah. And he had a gold droid, which was actually a traitor droid, and was working for the Separatists. Yeah. Goldie. So you, so you do get it. Goldie. Yeah. yeah. Interesting questions. So um, I think we're, we're nearly ready to wrap up the show, but obviously it's kind of an important week in the Star Wars universe. May the 4th to, coming up very soon. Have you guys got anything planned for it? I just have to decide which shirt I'm going to wear. <laughs> Is it R2 at all? I have two of those, sure, sure. It might be hard. But I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> we'll be sure to retweet it when you reveal your secret. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. That'll be great. Dave, you got any plans? Um, there's a couple of things. There's um, a local bar in Manchester. So I live just outside Manchester, for anybody listening. I live about... 10, 12 miles, 15 miles maybe north of Manchester. Um, um, and in Manchester itself, there's a, a bar called the Fab Cafe, um, which is great. And you go in there and it's very retro and there's spaceships hanging from the ceiling and, and what have you. It's been there for years. I've, I've known about it for the last 20 years easily. Um, but they're having a May the 4th cosplay party now obviously I won't go in costume um, but it, it's open to anybody who wants to come along for a disco listening to 70s and 80s music so that's happening on 4th on May the 4th itself um, and then this weekend coming up is a bank holiday in the UK and so Monday um, everyone's off and I mentioned that I went to an event in Burnley where, where I did the interviews, where I met people, but also where I saw the R2 unit with a bad motivator. Um, and they do an event on, a, on the weekend, the Bank Holiday weekend every year. They've done it, this will be their 11th year. So that's the Star Wars Fan Fun Day, S-W-F-F-D. Um, so I've not yet got my tickets for that, but I will be getting tickets for that and go to that. Very cool. That's always that's always pretty cool, though. Is there any big names there this year? Um, not as big as last year, actually. Um, I'm just gonna. I, I'm actually gonna do a Google while I'm talking. SWFFD. Um, I'll pull up who's there this year. Yeah, the, the last I might last year was some big characters. Um, I'm not saying that they're not big, but maybe they're not as big a name as as um, the person that plays Princess Leia, the person that played Natalie, uh, that played uh, Junior Clips, the person that played Taylor, uh, the person that played um, Ezra Bridger, Taylor, Taylor Gray. So, just having a quick look through the list now, you've got Karen Shah, who played um, an Ewok in Return of the Jedi, uh, Tito, Force Awakens. Um, and Nisa's Panpick in Last Jedi. Um, you've got Mark Lewis Jones, who played Captain Kennedy in Last Jedi. 
um, Sean Cronin, who was in Phantom Menace. He played one of the Senate guards. Um, Katie Cartwheel, um, one of the Act Two caretakers. Um, and also played Hurried 327 in The Force Awakens. Andrew Jack, um, who plays Major Emmett in Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Um, George Rubishek. Um, Commander Pragy in Episode 4. So if any of oh, our... Yes, he's, I'm, I'm just, um, Hoggle. Guy who played Poggle, Richard Stride. Um, Paul Casey, who played Admiral Radus. Um, Simon Williamson, who was in Return of the Jedi as a Gamorian uh, guard. Um, Richard Cunningham. I mean, he's an English actor who's been in quite a few things, to be fair. Um, but he was General Ramda in Rogue One. Uh, Rusty Goth, who was Cabe, a gonk droid. Gonk droid, there you go. That's a droid mm. that we didn't discuss. Yeah. Um, and he also played a Jara in A New Hope. Um, and actually, uh, Guy Henry, the person that played uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One. Ah, that's quite cool. So there's so, plenty yeah, that's, of people that's there. That's the list for this year. Cool. And if, and if anyone wants to meet you while you're there, Dave, are you going to be around? I will be there. Hopefully no one will know who I am. Uh, you're the one that looks like Rex. <laughs> I don't at the moment. I've got rid of the beard. Oh, okay. 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 Pretty so I'm cool. just this, this bald bloke now. Oh, okay. And, um, and I'm flying to California on Wednesday, so I am actually going to going to the headquarters of Lucasfilm on May the 4th to the Letterman Digital and New Media Arts Centre so I'm hoping that they put something on for the day um, I don't know that but it should be pretty cool to send some photos and some videos from San Francisco on the day so it should all be pretty good um, I think we're pretty much finished up guys how did you enjoy that Mara for your debut it was wonderful thank you for letting me gush <laughs> it's been a pleasure V, have you got any last thoughts you want to talk about Star Wars related at all before we go but Star Wars related not just general thoughts well exactly you might start on something I've got to keep you in Anything control random. <laughs> um, I, I just want to thank Mary for joining us to be fair um, I hope she, she's enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed having her um, it's been fun I have it has been much yeah. good Good. You're welcome to come back whenever you want, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll have to live vicariously through you guys because here in Maine, not many events happen. I, I My wish list is to get to a celebration or something nearby, but it uh, doesn't get closer than Boston once in a while. So, But Maine, yeah, uh, it's a little drab, but it's still beautiful. But anyway, so keep telling your stories. I love it. Oh, thank you very thank you. much. Thank you. And so, well, we'll include you whenever you want. Thank you. And so, just remember, everyone, that you can follow us on Twitter at the Jedi Council, on Instagram. Uh, if you do listen to us on iTunes, please do leave us a five star rating and any comments and reviews would be absolutely fantastic. 
Um, anywhere else they can follow us, Dave? SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah, that's one SoundCloud. Um, you keep forgetting that one, don't you? Uh, it's, it's almost like you, you, you're so wedded to iTunes that you forget about SoundCloud. Yeah, if it's not Apple, I'm not interested. It's not on SoundCloud. okay well thanks very much for listening guys we are the jedi council and may the force be with you the force will be with you